Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into episode 42 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is the TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on, man? I mean, I'm good. I'm pretty good this week. Uh, compared to last week, it has been a lot less stressful. So yeah, yeah, can't complain. Nothing complain. Nothing to complain about. And if it did, nobody would listen to me. So, yeah. what about yourself? Not too bad. Uh, just a little under the weather this particular week. Could be a little bit of allergies, which is interesting because I don't have allergies. Could be a little bit of a cold. Maybe, perhaps. Who knows? We're getting into the springtime. But yeah, other than that, you know, same as usual. Sleep's been bad. My insomnia is horrible. Is what it is, but you gotta look at the brighter side of life. I mean, we could look at the brighter side, or you could be, you know, realizing now is the time to be developing those allergies, but with springtime now starting to try and get some traction. That is also true. Um, if you've been following the show, that you know that I have since moved to a different state in the United States. So this is the first time, I guess, for a spring that I'm acclimating myself to a different environment so could be a little bit of that new things around new kind of year new seasons new surroundings if you will so quite possibly hopefully like myself you're getting used to the upcoming new spring season and the new things as we get into the road to wrestlemania and the beginning of the springtime season so hopefully you're doing well how are things over for you in the uk brother we had snow. We had snow. Yep. It was super cold, and it decided it just wanted to, at, I don't know, maybe about two in the afternoon one day, just oh, asher. You know what would be great? If we just blanketed everything in some snow. Now, I am from, uh, I am from Northern Ireland, and my country does not like snow, okay? Whenever snow happens, we go back to the Stone Age, which is exactly what happened on Thursday. Our electric got cut out. Like, not just the house, just for the region, you know. Just for the re the county that I live in was at least without power for a couple of hours. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the start of my spring. Let's hope it gets better than that. Well, one can hope that hopefully a lot of the negative things are out the way beginning in the new season and into on to bigger and better things. I'm originally from the East Coast of the United States, so when I hear snow, it's a relatively normal thing for me. We would get feet, so since I lived on a coastal city, so I know for you and over in the UK specifically, you guys don't get snow that often, so that was a little taken aback, but hopefully, like you said, Things are moving forward, and it could be a little bit more calming and sort of natural for you over there and for the folks listening and watching. Hopefully you are garnering new opportunities to present yourself with this new season and get yourself some good weather, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash kfabecouncil and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at 
is the AEW TNT Championship still important? A lot of things happened recently with the title and in the most recent history, so we'll look at that today and possibly compare it to other championships that AEW has and see if other factors are coming into play as to the validity and the prestige of the AEW TNT Championship. So, coming up first. So in order to look at where we are and to look to the future, we have to look to the past. So, figured give you just a brief uh, history of the AEW Championship in a segment I'm colloquially calling A Brief History of the AEW TNT Championship. In September 2019, a month before All Elite Wrestling launched its first weekly television program, Dynamite, then-AEW Executive Vice President and wrestler Cody teased that the promotion would eventually debut a television championship. On March 30, 2020, on AEW's YouTube series Road to Dynamite, a secondary championship was officially announced. AEW play-by-play -play commentator and senior producer Tony Schiavone revealed that there would be an eight-man single-elimination tournament to crown the first-ever AEW TNT champion. The tournament began on the April 8th episode of Dynamite, with the final scheduled for Double or Nothing on May 23rd. On April 29, Cody and Lance Archer won their respective semi-final matches, setting up the inaugural championship match. At Double or Nothing, Cody defeated Archer to become the inaugural champion. Former professional boxer Mike Tyson presented the championship to Cody. His first reign with the title included an open challenge where he would defend the title on a near-weekly televised basis, even to independent wrestlers outside the promotion. These performances notably led to the signings of Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston. During the Brody Lee Celebration of Life, which was the December 30th, 2020 episode of Dynamite, AEW announced that they had retired the red strap version of the title belt that had been used up to that point to honor Huber, whose ring name was Mr. Brody Lee, the second TNT champion. Lee unexpectedly died on December 26th, and his final match was on the October 7th episode of Dynamite, where he unsuccessfully defended the TNT championship against Cody Rhodes in a dog collar match. The retired TNT Championship belt was given to Huber's son, Brody Lee Jr., who was honored as being TNT Champion for Life by AEW President and Chief Executive Officer Tony Khan. AEW commentator Tony Schiavone clarified that only the belt design was retired, not the championship itself. A new black strap version of the belt was debuted by champion Darby Allen during night one of the special New Year's Smash episode of Dynamite on January 6, 2021. During the special Holiday Bash episode of Rampage on December 25, 2021, Cody Rhodes defeated Sammy Guevara to become a record three-time TNT champion. The two were scheduled to have a rematch for the championship at Battle of the Belts 1 on January 8, 2021. 
2022. However, Cody was pulled from the event as he had been in contact with family who had tested positive for COVID-19, thus requiring him to quarantine. Guevara instead faced Cody's brother Dustin Rhodes to determine an interim champion. Guevara defeated Dustin and served as the interim champion until January 26th episode of Dynamite. That episode was a special episode titled Beach Break. Guevara faced and defeated Cody in a ladder match to determine the undisputed TNT champion. We would see the likes of Miro, Scorpio Sky, Wardlow, and Samoa Joe hold the title in the intervening time. And on March 5th, 2023, at Revolution, Wardlow defeated Samoa Joe for the championship. Three days later, and initially not as part of a storyline, Wardlow's rental car was broken into, both his gear and the championship belt were stolen as a result. At the time of recording, Powerhouse Hobbs is the current champion in his first reign. He defeated Wardlow by technical knockout in a Falls Count Anywhere match on the March 8th, 2023 episode of Dynamite in Sacramento, California. So just some quick stats here. In 1,024 plus days, the TNT Championship has seen 17 reigns over nine different wrestlers, Cody being the inaugural champion, Cody and Sammy Guevara having the most reigns at time of recording with three, Darby Allen is the longest reigning champion with 214 days over two reigns, and Wardlow's second reign is the shortest at three days. In comparison, in 1,290 plus days, a little over 250 plus more days than the TNT Championship, the AEW World Championship has been seen nine different reigns between six different wrestlers one vacancy, as well as one interim champion. And finally, in 260-plus days, the AEW All-Atlantic slash international title has seen two reigns between two different wrestlers. So, with the TNT title, having seen the most title changes of all the AEW championships, more specifically over the course of 63 days, January 4 to March 8th of this year. Four different men have held the title, Samoa Joe, Darby Allen, Wardlow, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Aside from Wardlow's 136-day reign in 2020, Miro's 140-day reign in 2021, and Darby's 186 reign spanning late 2020 into 21, the average reign of the TNT champion has been 42.8 days, so roughly five weeks. With all that being said, Joker, your thoughts on seeing the title change four times in two months and really twice in three days? It's a little bit, a little bit disheartening. We, we had some really good champions at the beginning, uh, you know, Cody being the best because Cody Rhodes. Um, plus the fact that he couldn't actually uh, uh compete for the AEW championship, so he had to make himself a belt that he could compete for. Um, and then we had Mr. Brody Lee's room, which I absolutely adored. Uh, and then we have the dark times, 
uh, as I like to call the Sami Guevara era. Uh, those are the dark times when you just really wanted the belt away from him, not because he was doing anything really bad or you know anything. It was just my guy. Can you do anything? We were just waiting for something to happen, and it just wasn't happening. Um, but even that small section of time in history for the TNT Championship is preferable to what has happened in the last two months for me. Um, I have no problem with uh, Samoa Joe taking the title off. Um, Samoa Joe taking the title off Wardlow the first time. Okay, I have no problem with that. What I do have is Samoa Joe taking the title off Darby after he lost at the Darby. Just so Wardlow could have it and then lose at the Hobbs. I love Hobbs. I am so thankful that he has this he has this title reign. And if the uh conversations are to be believed, this has been back as far as October, where this was this was supposed to happen for Hobbs. 100% great. We knew big things were going to happen after that split from Ricky Starks, both for Starks and Hobbs. Um, absolutely love the fact that these two guys on uh, the Revolution pay-per-view uh, for, for Ricky got his uh, got his win, and for the Dynamite after, Hobbs got his win, start of a title reign. Fantastic. But we didn't need four champions in two months. We didn't need that. You know, one, two, three, four, five, five people for, you know, Joe having it twice for some reason. I don't understand why they gave it to Wardlow. Like, well, I understand why Wardlow won the match. Right? But the title shouldn't have been on him. The title shouldn't have been on Joe at the time. Darby should have finished their rivalry. Joe would have only had the Ring of Honor. Wardlow would have won at Revolution, no title to win, and it you know gets the revenge that he storyline needed, and you know Job's a good one. Hobbs, the next one in line for Darby's championship, beats Darby. Darby's a Darby's a pillar. It would have done more for Hobbs to beat a pillar than Wardlow. Wardlow hasn't been in the best position. So to give Wardlow a title, fantastic. We talked about this in the in the lead up. Why are we giving Wardlow this title match if we're just going to take it away and give it to Hobbs? And why are we giving Hobbs the face of the revolution if the plan wasn't to give the title to him and then for him to lose to uh, to Wardlow on the dynamite? It just made no sense to me. The the booking surrounding the Wardlow Hobbs Joe situation was convoluted and as such for me has just done more damage to the TNT title so I can only hope that Hobbs holds this for like 6-7 months and crushes everyone because if he doesn't this TNT title is just going to go down the pan for me those are all fair points it sort of opened with this grandioso Cody Reign being the initial champion like you mentioned with that stipulation that he couldn't fight for a world championship match or on a fight for that title he ended up kind of unofficially having this belt kind of made so that he can 
have a championship and have a run with a title. He officially made that just so he could hold a belt. And you know it, PT. <laughs> I love the man. I love the man. But you know he had that belt made just because he needed that belt to hold in his company. I'm not in the booking meetings. I'm not at the executive table. I can only quote unquote speculate. But be that as it may, he, Cody himself, was the first champion. And he had a solid run. Like mentioned in the opening, he had... He was the one who started this open challenge. So we in that first initial run, we got to see against homegrown talent, against some independent contractors, which ended up leading to, like I mentioned, matches with Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston, who eventually signed with AEW after strong performances. So a very hot start. We went into Brody, Mr. Brody Lee, which unfortunately, um, due to health reasons, he had to lose the championship and then ultimately pass so and then like you mentioned we had this sort of second wave with the likes of uh sammy and then scorpio and uh, sky and miro and things as such we had this sort of second wave and then almost this kind of third wave element with the likes of kind of wardlow winning it shortly after double or nothing if i'm not mistaken and then on to joe and then where we are sort of right now so it's had this interesting sort of wave like path where like i mentioned before in its history this is the most uh one championship ergo it's had the most title changes of the belts that we've seen so far in AEW so ultimately much like yourself i like a lot of the folks who have held the championship i like Mia Hobbs i like Wardlow kind of see sort of where where and what he can kind of provide given sort of a steady push. Joe's always fantastic. You know, Scorpio Sky obviously is a is crazy good in the ring. Sammy moved past his personality. The kid, the kid can go in the ring once he puts it all together. So I'll give him credit, obviously, with the likes of Cody and then Brody and Miro, of course. But I will agree that it's a very interesting notion of the Match was between Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Understand. I like that Wardlow got the win back on Joe. Makes revenge for revenge. And yeah, sort of Darby was this sort of cursory character who, by proxy of Joe having the TNT title, won it for roughly a month's time, lost it back to Joe. Then we circled into Wardlow because he was feuding with Joe. It was a title match. Boom. And then the murmurings of Hobbs was always supposed to get sort of a push around roughly this time so we kind of booked ourselves into a corner with him winning the face of the revolution ladder match and then it happened to be the dynamite right after the pay-per-view where he got his title shot so much like we mentioned in the previous episode of kayfabe council i think it really comes down to the way tony khan the booker has positioned these gentlemen and the title to be a little bit more fast moving kind of thing and a little bit of hot footed, but it really comes down to Tony Khan booking. This is parlaying the perception of the title of the wrestlers holding it and the fans perception of this championship. I just don't understand why TK decided to take the belt off Darby after him beating Joe, 
right? And he gets the belt back, and they have that sequence of matches. It's like, you you know, you beat me, I beat you, this is the last one, and neither of us can ever challenge for it again. And Joe wins that match. Like, I love Samoa Joe. But, and he is in a very disadvantageous position for this because TK has said you're taking this championship again. Like, what... What is the benefit to this championship? Well, because Wardlow's coming back? Like, yeah, but Wardlow's not going to hold the belt. There's no point. Wardlow doesn't need this belt right now. A brush with this belt will actually do more harm to the belt than it will give a benefit to Wardlow. So what should have happened was Darby went off and you know did the whole Great Muda uh, retirement stuff with Sting. He should have maintained the belt throughout instead of losing it to, I think it was in and around beforehand, or it was just after he came back, whatever it was, he maintains the belt, comes back, and, you know, has maybe one, maybe two matches, and Hobbs comes out, calls a shot, says, I'm winning the the Revolution Ladder match, I face the Revolution Ladder match, I'm coming after your uh, your title, we have, um, you know, because Darby's really good at being that underdog kind of thing, um and everybody's an underdog when you compare uh to Hobbs. That man has outworked everyone to steal Christian Cage's uh you know tagline. He actually outworked everyone. If you look at when Hobbs debuted in AEW during the pandemic compared to now, that man is so so shredded. It's so amazing to see his progress. And it's just one of the things that he's gonna win that. And then he beats the tar out of Darby. All right, but Darby's a Darby. All right, Darby is Darby in the sense that he is wily. He is going to bring that sense of uh, I'm going to do whatever I want. And uh, then, bish bash bosh, we still need the QT Marshall element, you know, to come out and help uh, help Wardlow, uh, or help not help Wardlow, help Hobbs uh, win the championship. So we still have whatever they're whatever angle they're working with QT, we still have that. But now we have a a Darby a, a peed off Darby Allen who actually gets a rematch and then you know we, we have a compelling reason for that and then Hobbs wins clean the second time. You know, that does so much for Hobbs. He beats a pillar, he wins the championship, sure he's a heel, which is why he lost, which is why he wins with QT's help, but then he wins clean to solidify his reign. Start off we start off this championship absolutely the right way. That's what the booking should have been, TK. If the booking didn't follow that, we have this mess where it's like, what did what did the win over Wardlow do? Like it did nothing, in my opinion. Like even with QT's help, it did nothing. Like it, it's not solidifying Hobbs. We're we're not here talking about how great Hobbs is. We're talking about is the AEW TNT Championship that he now holds even worth it? Like, think about that for a second. A man that we both have espoused a great endearment for, and we're, we're talking about the belt, not him. Now, yes, that's our choice, but it's, it's a choice kind of forced on us by TK and his, in our opinion, in my opinion, uh, personally, terrible booking. It's an excellent observation. Like we admitted on this show as well earlier, we're big fans of Hob. We're stoked to see him win the Face of the Revolution ladder match. 
I really like that he's now a champion. I think he's got so much potential, and I'm hopefully that he can have a strong reign, like you mentioned as well. But Mr. Tony Khan, the Booker Man, has organized this into, I think you used the word earlier, a little bit more of a convoluted element. We understand that there was a lot of heat with uh, Samoa Joe and Wardlow. They were you know, teaming together, they had the betrayal thing, the Joe cut his ponytail off, like, we've got heat, so we know that these, these guys want to go at one another. As a side note to that now, is the nature of the TNT Championship important? Does that add more to it? Does it take away? Did we need that element in there? Understanding that Joe had the first reign of the TNT Championship in that triple threat of Wardlow and Hobbs previously. So I get that at full gear. That's where he got it. So did we need to have that return? Possibly with it, Wardlow going away and then Wardlow kind of getting his heat back and then ultimately led to the match. I don't necessarily think that we needed the AEW Championship. I did. Because we ended up having Darby take it off Joe. I like me some Darby. Different kind of wrestler. Like you said, super mega baby face. Jeez Louise. It's going to be interesting when they try to turn him heel, how he'll sort of kind of change. It'll be weird. I like the thought process, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it'll, it'll be weird. But where I'm yeah. going with this is if we decided, TK Booker Man decided to have Darby take it, he did hold it through... The Muda match, he was Ada, he was TNT champion in Japan. He came back and then lost it to Joe. So I think that's where you and I are trying to figure out maybe what was the overall plan with this sort of a little bit of muddying the waters. Joe took it back. Did it add extra heat to the match at Revolution? I don't necessarily think so, per se. I was still Jones to kind of see just Wardlow and... Samoa Joe, as Big E would say, big beefy boys just slapping meat. I, I also was stoked to see Powerhouse Hobbs be successful. So long story short, to bring it home on my point, TK booked us into a corner because we want to see Hobbs be successful and get a title shot and get a reign. But then we also have this little bit of convoluted muddy waters with Joe Darby Wardlow thing only to have Wardlow win, which is fantastic. You want to see Wardlow be successful, but lose it three days later to Hobbs. So it just, if we had not had that for the title and maybe had, like you had mentioned, Hobbs take it off Darby in just a fun, you know, Goliath versus David matchup, I felt like we would have been talking about Hobbs being successful and looking towards the future, this would have been the conversation as opposed to maybe the way PK has decided to navigate the booking of the championship where we're at now. Oh, I can guarantee you that that is probably the narrative that I would have tried to steer us towards rather than, you know, essentially I gave out last night about the TNT title and that is the whole premise of, of why we're talking about it. I just gave out for about 10-15 minutes to PT and he was just like, let's just talk about this. <laughs> Seeing as you want to gurn about it, as is your want to do, then we'll just we'll just talk about it. But if if Hobbs 
on whenever they they split up Hobbs and Starks, you know, we loved it. We hated it. We loved it because we love to see them together. You know, but we're going to love to see them against each other. We would definitely be talking about the the changes Hobbs made, the growth Hobbs has had, and finally now that we're seeing Hobbs be pushed because there was a wee bit of treading water there. There was you know maybe been a holding pattern with Hobbs, and we get it, we see it. But this title match between Wardlow and Joe did not need the title because until the match ended, I actually forgot that the title was on the line because all they were talking about was Wardlow's hair, the fact that you know Wardlow's hair was a sort of uh, a nice uh, thing between him and his dad, uh, essentially Samson, um, you know, and, and all these little tie-ins and the fact that you know you travel along on the road, you you let you let your partner know, and then because you're both single stars, you know, he has ammunition to use against you. So I, I honestly feel like that whole interpersonal connection between Joe and Wardlow was the actual crux of this, this, uh, this rivalry here. And the belt was just there to put on to Wardlow to give to Hobbs. Wind back a month, keep it on Darby and do something a little bit different, and you still have this Joe Wardlow match at Revolution, and you have Darby against Hobbs, maybe even at Revolution, replacing one of the terrible matches that I've already learned about from last week. Agreed. It's one of those where we liked all the parties involved. It's just Maybe us as fans were trying to navigate the booking of Mr. Tony Khan and how sort of we got there. To pivot a little bit, in a sort of throwback to a little Vince Russo-Ian era, the nature of hot-shotting a title, which is changing the title holders multiple times in a short amount of time, which we've kind of seen in the last two months and especially in about a week's time, is this good or is this bad for a title or for a company, because the why I mentioned Lil Vince Russo Ian era type of thing was it was the nature of sort of crash TV. It's unpredictable. Titles are going to change. People would tune in because it's exciting. You never know what's kind of going to happen. But what what are your thoughts on hot shining titles? I hate it. It's terrible. You don't do it. It is worse or maybe sometimes just as bad as what WWE did to the Intercontinental title a few years ago, where they put it on ice, and they pretended like it didn't exist. So, like, it does nothing for the championship. Like, oh, who's the TNT champion this week? Wardlow? Okay. Then a week, you know, a couple of days later, oh, it's Hobbs. It's like, no, if I, if I didn't know any better, considering what I know from the conversation from last October, I would expect somebody just to come in and beat Hobbs just cause and that does nothing for Hobbs that does nothing for the title I, I get the whole Vince Russoian area era of car crash TV but that did nothing for the big belt like that was even he held it and who was it uh, David Arquette held it we had all these different uh, we had all these different celebrities hold it it was awful and I wasn't a big WCW guy, so and I still know about some of those things. And it's just like, I don't like that aspect. It's preferable, maybe, just as bad or whatever, like I said, as putting a championship on ice. But if you look at the state of the titles in AW, 
the big belt is being held by Mr. MJF. And he has said he's not going to be defending it all the time. It, it's a similarity that we pointed out last week to Roman Reigns holding both of the belts ransom. So what did WWE do? They elevated the US and Intercontinental title. Both those things are super important now. Whether or not it remains that way when Cody wins and they separate the belts eventually, that's something to be seen. But AEW should be doing that with the TNT title and the now renamed international title, the before-mentioned Irish Sea, All-Atlantic, day trip to Kerry kind of uh, belt. And it's just one of those things that they had these two perfectly legitimate belts on two wrestlers at the time, we will say Darby and Orange, just would have easily done with hot, with uh, elevating. And we biffed it by just handing it over to Joe de Wardle de Hobbs. So it's terrible, in my opinion. And in a long story short, you shouldn't do it. I'm along a similar vein. Outside of the what I mentioned before, as I come to it here, Wardlow, 136-day reign, Miro, 140, Darby, 186. Outside of those reigns, the average is 42.8 days, so it's roughly five weeks, is the average reign for TNT champion. I understand the nature when, as what I call the Vince Russoian era, where late 90s, you know, you had a little bit different vibe. It was all about shock jocks and, and these Jerry Springers and these kind of, you know, different kind of TV where it's just like, all right, we're getting a little bit more teen slash uh, adult orientated and we kind of want to push the the product and kind of want to see unpredictable things. So in, in isolation, in that sort of context, I guess it kind of made sense, but we, to your point that WCW era, that late 99 year 2000, when we were just changing titles so much outside of, Scott Steiner holding it for like the last three or so months, it changed so much and folks were turned off by it. So that's a piece of where at the time folks just weren't digging it. And I get it. And you made the comparison to the likes of the world championship. We have nine reigns between six guys in over 1200 days, a thousand days, roughly 17 reigns over nine different guys for the TNT championship. It changes hands more often. I understand you got to find a balance. We want to see the guys that we like, and this just goes for the wrestling internet wrestling community as a whole. Folks that we like, we want to see them sort of longer title reigns and kind of be successful. I feel like that's a fair point for the majority of the wrestling fans, but when it's where I'm going with this is pull back the curtain a little bit. The belt is a, is a prop that, we are made to feel important if the wrestlers are trying their hardest to win this championship, be it the world, be it the TNT, be it the all Atlantic slash international the tag, whatever you call it. If it's made to feel important and they're fighting in tournaments and in matches and trying to overcome their opponent and it's important to them, then we, the booker should make it feel important to the fans. And to a fair point, if it's changing hands a lot, this little bit of hot potato, this hot shotting, then it there's a degree of diminishing returns because we're almost are we haphazardly waiting for the other shoe to drop? I want to see I want to see Hobbs with a long reign, but is Hobbs 
four weeks from now going to drop it to someone else? Samoa Joe. I wouldn't necessarily want to see that, but you know, it as of late, it's been moving around a lot. So agreeing, I don't know if it's the right answer to hot shot it, move it around a lot, but in certain instances it can work, but yeah, I just feel like it hasn't it's left me a little flat, especially as of late, compared to maybe how it started in you know, late in actually 2020 when the TNT title was uh, was first starting. So, Mr. Brody Lee's reign was one of the biggest, uh, one of the brightest, and one of the strongest. Uh, honestly, I feel like um, personally, I, I prefer Miro's run and Mr. Brody Lee's run as two standout ones. Um, Darby, you're more of a fan of Darby than I am. I'm not a big Darby fan. I just, yeah. You know, He's there to he's there to fill in a position for me of the guy that gets thrown around an awful lot. He has a he has a lot of fun matches and it's engaging. So yeah, they're fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And um then we have the Sammy Guevara uh sort of that was that was train wreck TV, not car crash, it was just train wreck TV into Scorpio Sky, who had a very beautiful belt. I would say his belt is actually my second favorite because, again, Miro's coloring for the belt was just top tier. Um, but he had a really disappointing reign. Um, but, like, we, we have all of these guys who've had all these reigns, but, like, if you compare it to the other belt, the All-Atlantic, or now-named International belt, that one feels better. It feels stronger because our first champion, Pac, Thankfully, he had gold. He was he was a double champ at one point. Man was putting on banger after banger, as old Shame would like to say. And yeah, it was it was amazing. He elevated that because he was fighting in other prom- promotions across Europe. He was doing stuff in the UK and he was doing stuff in uh, the US. And then he lost it to Orange Cassidy, who then just took on everyone. Like, he didn't care who it was. He just walked up. You want a shot? Okay, you got a shot. You want a shot? Yeah, okay, you got a shot. You want a shot, Trent? Okay, you got a shot. He took on all comers and put on banger matches. So he is a really good example of how to elevate a championship. I don't understand why TK can get it so right there and so wrong with the TNT title. This man's a professional. Talk about a segue. If we look at, like you said, the most recent AEW title, the former All-Atlantic, now international title, man, you juxtapose that with the TNT title now? I don't know. I feel like the All-Atlantic slash international title has been gaining ground and might actually be a the secondary title underneath the world championship because of the work that the before champion Pac and now Orange Cassidy and especially and not discounting Pac at all, but a lot of work has been put in by Orange Cassidy. We've seen defenses against the likes of Katsuyori Shibata, Roosh, Ray Phoenix, Jake Hager, Trent Seven, Kip Sabian, Jay Lethal, Wheeler Yuta, Big Bill, just to name a couple. And in the last couple months, a lot of folks Take it or leave it if you like his gimmick of Orange Cassidy. But the dude's been, like you said, been putting on such strong performances and 
just really strong matchups against opponents of varying sizes and styles. It's been engaging and fun to watch. The guy's putting in work. His opponents have been putting in work. And it certainly has raised that stock of the All-Atlantic slash International title, perhaps over the TNT Championship. So, like you mentioned, Mr. Bookerman, Tony Khan, we look at that championship, we see how a, how a strong reign and fun matches and can just make the title look strong. We've taken a different route, juxtaposed with the TNT title. Granted, the TNT title's been around a little longer, and we're seeing now that we're having more reigns and a little bit more of a, a shuffle, if you will. There's only been two All-Atlantic slash international champions at the time of recording, so two different paths. We can see that if positioned well, folks can get into it and get behind a championship, and with all due respect, I kind of see it now as as sort of leapfrogging the TNT title. What do you, what are your thoughts? 100% agree. Um when the All Atlantic title was introduced, I saw it as uh the European title from back in the day for uh for WWE, WWF at the time. Um I thought to myself this feels very bottom of the mid card. Uh Whereas we we had the intercontinental title, the, the workhorse, the workman's title, we had that back then, and it felt like that's what we were introducing. And then the the strength of the two champions started to bring that you know further and further and further. Like the night that Orange Cassidy won that match uh, was a double duty for Pac. Pac did a trios match against, I want to say it was House of Black. I can't remember who it was. In fact, it might have even been um, the Best Friends. Time. I think it was the Best Friends, actually, I now I'm thinking about it. Um, and then he went and fought against Orange Cassidy right after, on the ramp, on the Battle of the Belts, whatever double header thing that they did in The Strangeness. Um, and it was, he put on an amazing, we thought, and I think at the time you and I had the conversation like we're surprised he put in such innings because I think he was actually in for a predominant amount of the trios match and then went and had a 20 minute banger with Orange Cassidy. So like they elevated that title just off the strength of that win. And now after those those kind of competitors, uh Shibata, Lethal, Big Bill, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um Orange Cassidy has only improved it. And you can talk about if the title makes the man, the man makes the title. You look at, again, taking nothing away from Orange Cassidy and his gimmick, but the dude put in work and he's making that title strong as a, as a really potential for the number two belt under the world champion MJF. So kudos to him for sure. You know, we definitely want to see the A the AWTNT championship be successful as well. But what would be your idea of potentially unifying the belts? I know there's been murmuring sort of not necessarily in the company, but like folks bringing up this notion of, all right, well, we have the world title. We have the TNT, obviously, 
We now have the All Atlantic slash International. The nature of is it too many belts type of thing. Should we unify the International and TNT or should we keep them separate? What do you think? I think we should keep them separate, and I'll tell you why. In WWE, we have five hours of shows. We have two big belts. We have two mid-card belts. We have two sets of tag belts, right? So there's six, six-ish belts, okay? Whenever you kind of group those up, six-ish belts for five hours of TV. That's just the men's division. So we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep the women's division completely separate for this combo. That's just those six belts, titles, championships, whatever you want to call them. On the other side for AW, we have three hours of TV. And we have the big belt, the Triple B. We have the International, former All-Atlantic, TNT, TAG, and Trios. Five. Three hours. But this is the problem we have. Dynamite is two hours. Rampage is one. There's not enough TV time for the amount of belts. That's my problem. If we take away the TNT title, that just leaves us with Triple B, Big Burberry belt. It's my favorite version of the belt, just so we know. The International, or the Inter-TNT, whatever you want to call it at that point, TK, you can change that. Trios and Tag. Now, we've already seen that TK has a problem with interconnecting Tag and Trios because whenever the uh, whenever the Young Bucks left the Tag Division, they created the Trios Division. And now that they're out of the Trios Division as the champs, they're probably likely going back to the Tag for a little spell. Maybe put some people over, hopefully. Come on, Matt and Nick, do it. Um, so it's one, of those, it's one of those things that you look at it and go, is the problem really taking away belts? Or should you at least add one more R of show? Like, I, I feel like we should be putting all the Ring of Honor belts and champions on the Ring of Honor uh, TV show that, that we now have. That's fantastic. So we've freed up some space. But now we have to use that space. And now we have to maybe create a little bit more. We are three years down the pipe for AEW. Maybe it's time to think about expanding into actual TV time instead of Dark and dark elevation. After all, NXT has what? Two R's? Two R's. That's their developmental, as Triple H likes to call it. They beat our developmental. Okay, bud. That's where their actual developmental comes and goes, and you know, there's other stuff for that that's not on TV. That's on YouTube. Dark and dark elevation are nothing. They're not good. And they're not complementary to your main shows. So my opinion is no, you shouldn't unify the belts. You should add an extra R onto your TV. Or fix the uh, runtime of Rampage. I don't want three R shows. Just give me two two R shows. Fair points. So it's more about a time allocation than maybe in just your small example than kind of taking away okay i think i think that's an understandable point the notion of having 
the ROH titles on the ROH show now, I, f- I feel like it can help sort of spread the love a little bit. And like you mentioned, we have a two-hour Dynamite. We have a one-hour Rampage, so we got a three-hour spot. We also have the, the YouTube shows, The Dark and The Elevation as well, though, which we don't see a lot of story navigation really at all. It's sort of a complimentary show as opposed to like a sister show, which would be the Dynamite and Rampage. And there's murmurings as of right now at the time of recording that they, AW and Warner Brothers Discovery might be interested in adding a third television show on Saturdays at the old TBS Saturday, WCW Saturday night show, 605 time. So there could be a possibility perhaps of a little bit more time. If it ever comes to fruition, I feel like it could potentially help, but Obviously, we noticed with a with a Friday Night Rampage, for example, would that be a show that has story developments? Would we have different things? Remains to be seen. But I think you brought up the notion of twofold, maybe a little bit more TV time, maybe even an hour could help. I don't necessarily think of unifying the championships. When you have a large roster, you want to have folks work towards something to try to improve so that they can kind of reap the rewards, grab the brass ring, kind of call it what you will. So having a world title, you can have those upper mid-card sort of top-tier guys. Whatever is your secondary title, you can have your mid-guys kind of fight, and you can have a secondary championship feud. And whether that's two mid-cards or a, a, a sort of second level and a tertiary level one, you can have other guys fight for it. So. I think at the end of the day, you and I would probably both agree, if you book it reasonably well and you make those titles feel important and you put guys into strong matches and, and make them feel like those belts are important to fight for, then the fans will get invested and we will also think that it's important as well. In a similar vein to kind of how we've been doing the All-Atlantic slash International title as of late, we can, we can do that with the TNT, so... Whether that's long reigns, whether that's strong matchups, whether that's really what it comes down to is making those champions and the belt feel important. I feel like that's the better route to go, and those other things will sort themselves out. 100% I agree. Although, if I was to be selfish for a minute, don't put it on Saturday, because then we might have to wait for that show to be finished so we could record, because, you know, just in case there's any story elements that we want to talk about. So, TK. Don't put it on Saturday. Just extend Friday. Anyway, um, no, one hundred percent agree. Like, just have that, have that better, have that better allocation of talent to, uh, to, uh, and time to make these, make these titles feel a little bit more important. Um, you, you do not need titles on every single week. Like, we're doing perfectly fine without MJF being on the show every single week. Um, you can have you can have little altercations, little things that push the story along, and then you highlight something else, and you bring a nice long segment of whatever you want to push, and then have the culmination of that the next week, and then you have a short segment leading up to an even longer segment for the title to actually appear, the title holder, the champion, whatever you want. Like there are so many different things, but like I said, we're three years into this thing. Maybe extending the runtime for TK is probably going to be beneficial uh, to at least 
allow him to use a lot of this bloated roster that he has. He now has two shows, well, two brands, Ring of Honor, AEW. Probably time that maybe he got somebody else in to help with that, uh, especially if, um, you know, the rumors are to be true, the WWE might pull out all the stops and take away Kenny Omega and the Bucks and, you know, have no EVPs. Uh, at which point AEW will have to change their name. Maybe that could be a solution. We didn't even touch on that at all, but it could sort of be a last final thought where, yeah, Tony pretty much since, I believe, 2020, where in 2019, sort of that first year, the Bucks and Cody and Kenny were included a lot and helped with creative, but now Tony's sort of taken over the book and the pencil, as you will. But the the guy's doing a lot of work. And he's got his plate full on AEW. He also helps with the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL. He's got a football team that he looks that he helps with. And he's got a, a statistics company, if I'm not mistaken. The dude's got a lot on his plate. Perhaps having a couple folks be in his sort of inner circle and kind of help with booking might not be the worst idea, perhaps. And we could lead to other things. Who knows? We don't know what that answer is, so. But one final point to touch on, you brought up a really good point of trying not maybe to rush things and sort of have the champions overexposed. Much like the WWE, the Fed, you have that world title, you have sort of two mid-cards, and you have two tags, essentially, is what AEW also has as, as a comparison. So it could be something because you have essentially five men's belts, I'll just say that, we didn't even touch on the women's because like we talked about in a previous episode and I'll link it up here as well. We could do a lot better with the women's champ- championship and women's division as a whole. Don't even get us started. I'll put a card. Mm-hmm. I'll put a card in the corner for the folks on YouTube to, to check that out as well. But where I'm going with this, you have five men's belt. If you had, if you advertised one championship match a week, now we have two shows, Dynamite and Rampage. Whether that's a TNT, whether that's a, a international championship, whether that's a tag, whether that's a trios, you can have four that sort of rotate through. If you advertise one championship match a week, maybe rotating those four belts, I, that would be totally fine because you have something super to look forward to. Maybe that's the main event, or maybe that's a time slot that takes up a good chunk of time on TV. But and you, without overexposing folks, and you kind of have a title defense you can have a challenger kind of get elevated you can have some fun with it you have things to work through for sure without maybe necessarily having a world championship match on a rampage or dynamite so yeah but i think it comes down to like we're sort of kind of agreeing let's maybe try to allocate time better and make these belts feel important maybe change up the book in a little bit i feel is probably not a bad idea Oh, 100%. And there's, there's honestly a lot more that I can talk on about this subject, like, you know, uh, of ways I would prefer it to be booked, ways you can book it, ways it should be booked, reasons why it shouldn't be booked the way it is currently being booked. Now, I am not a professional booker, so this is all fan booking. This is all me and the preferences that I want to see, and we are not sitting trying to dissect 20-minute, 30-minute, 40-minute, 60-minute classics. Like, we, we are... You know, we're, we're behind the story, the, the reasons for being, the things that people are doing to get over, stay over, and do things to entertain us. At the end of the day, 
This is still meant to entertain us. All right. I enjoy AEW. I do not enjoy their booking. It's bad. Much like ourselves and anyone else, we could do a little bit better and we're hoping for a little bit better, maybe organization booking, what have you, but we, we want more so that we can be invested and, and everyone else can be better. So those were our thoughts on the AEW TNT Championship. If it's still important, if the champions are still important, if they fight for, if it's worth it, if the All-Atlantic slash international title might be creeping up and might leapfrog in it. If you agree or disagree, let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram and let us know what your thoughts are on the AEW TNT Championship. All right, coming up to quick hits. Once again, for the newer listeners slash watchers, quick hits are little segments that happen throughout the week that we really wanted to share because we enjoyed them that we may not have gotten an opportunity to discuss in a full-fledged topic, but like we said, we wanted to share them because we thoroughly enjoyed them, the sort of pop-the-boy segments that we had to share with you. Good brother Joker, you have got a quick hit for this week. I do, and it's story time with Joker, not with Adam Cole, but it's story time with me this time. I am sorry, no copyright infringemento. Um, but anyway, I take you back to the 6th of March this past week, our Monday Night Raw, and we have, uh, we have some developments within the Bloodline story, because that's all we talk about here. Like I said, we love the story of wrestling, and uh, we see the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, the big dog, the man himself, Roman Reigns, saying that if Jay isn't back in the Bloodline, that he's going to take it out on Jimmy. Now, we uh, all remember how Roman began his tirade, and uh, the only reason that Jay relented in the end and quit the I Quit match in the Hell in a Cell was because Roman went after Jimmy in the first place. He's back to form. He is threatening Jimmy to get Jay on side because he knows that he needs his right hand man, his sergeant at arms, as PT calls him, back on side. So Jimmy has to be sent out to get rid of the Sami Zayn problem yet again. Jimmy has to win this match, or Roman's going to clip him, as it will be called uh, from here on. Now, in the middle of the match, match is you know pretty standard fare. Jay starts marching down to the ring. He comes from the fans. Everybody's cheering. Everybody's yeah, yeah, and jumps over the barrier comes up onto the table and starts just clapping and cheering. And we don't know who he's cheering for. He just kind of looks at both of them. Jimmy sees this and he's happy to see his brother thinks he's cheering for him. Good stuff, good stuff. But he gets distracted. Sammy pulls out the win. Well, the uh, arena is kind of palpable here because we all know what has happened. Sammy has got the win. Jimmy has failed. Jimmy is in trouble. Jay gets into the ring. Walks past his brother. Gets out of the ring. Goes and gives a big hug to Sammy. Big hug. He's saying, I trust you. You know, this, that, and the other. He's, he's shouting, and they're, they're, they're embracing. And, you know, 
Jimmy's face is he's despondent. He he doesn't know what to do. And Sammy's just kind of sat there going, doesn't have to be like this. You can just schmeck. Surprise, mother trucker. We have ourselves a super kick to the face. Jay just went, uh, no, thank you. Super kicked our Sammy to the face. And then the, the trio of brothers with, uh, with Solo coming out to the ring as well, start feeding onto per Samuel Zane. That is when the adrenaline burns within our souls and Mr. Cody Rose, the American Nightmare, runs to the ring like a man possessed, chases off the three, three uh, men just by himself, which, you know, as we all know, it's impossible. It's a statistical anomaly, but Cody Rhodes has this aura to protect Sam. That is how we leave Raw. We start off SmackDown this week. A little bit of a little bit of a segment between the wise man and the brothers. But Jay goes to the ring later on. This is at the end of uh, the end of SmackDown. And uh he starts off his uh, segment on Smackers by, by addressing the crowd. You know, saying, y'all said, Jay, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Now he asks what, what the crowd would do in that situation. Of course, you know, you would help your family member. They, you would pay that light bill. You would help their, you know, would help them with food. You would do whatever it takes. Okay, Dom Toretto, calm down. This is not the Fast and Furious franchise, but we get it. He had to do it. He didn't want to do it, but he had no choice. He has never had a choice. Harken back again in the same quick hit, back again to that hell in a cell. He had no choice but to become part of the bloodline. This, this faction that has run roughshod over the entire WWE for the better part of three years. But he had to do it. Jay's promo is super hot, saying that no one knows what it's like to be the sad man. Never mind. And it's just Sammy to blame. It's only Sammy because he's selfish. Exactly what Roman said all along. Sammy's selfish. He blames him for what Roman is threatening to do. He doesn't say Roman's name, but we all saw the TV. We all saw the segment. We know it's all. All he had to do was fall in line, but his butt ain't blood, and it never will be. Okay. Jimmy gets on the mic. Targets my guy, the American Nightmare, Mr. Caroli, you know, Cody Rhodes. Asking what his issue with the bloodline is. I personally think it seems pretty obvious, you know, what with him going to WrestleMania shortly, but yeah, little nitpick. Cody comes out to the ring. Obviously has to wait for the, you know, the, the, the crowd interaction. Absolutely love that crowd interaction. And he says, if you want to talk about me, then talk to me. He's just kind of stood there. But Jimmy continues, says, if you don't back down, then they're going to put you on the shelf. Just like Sami Zayn. Well, as if by magic, who appears? That's right, Mr. L.A. Knight. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, wait. Sorry, wrong segment. It was Sammy. Sammy turned up 
and he begins a brawl with the Usos, starts attacking Jay with him and Cody and Jay and Jimmy just all brawling in the ring, out the ring. Eventually, Cody faces the age-old wrestler problem of how do I get out of this tightly fitting shirt as he tries to roll out to the crowd and he's trying to take the shirt off, the camera magically pans away. But he still fights with the shirt. If you watch it, it's hilarious. Where the guys make it back to the ring in this whole big brawl, a couple of minutes it takes. And we end the show with Cody raising Sammy's arm and the two men standing tall, looking back the Mania sign behind them. You can tell something big's going to go down in Mania. Ooh, hot diggity, man. So many good little points. Just the the J portion from Ra. Him on the him on the desk cheering. You don't know exactly if it's for Jimmy. You don't know if it's for Sammy. And then ultimately after that the match ends, Jay gets in that ring with Jimmy and it's just like we've mentioned it before, the guys are just running on all cylinders and just putting in work and Jay is just what a performance by this man. Kudos to him. He got you all in the feels. Walks past his brother, like he said. Goes up to Sammy. And I'll just make note of the, 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 the roar, the pop when they hugged was crazy. Like, you don't hear pops that strong and loud that often. And then it, you're lulled into this false sense of security. And then when he hits him with that kick, the other pop, because you just that roller coaster of emotion, man. And then yeah, the the portion on SmackDown, man, where you see that that last kind of culminating piece of of Cody and and Sammy standing tall in the ring. You know, the, we talked about it before. At the end of January, the two guys just run in parallel and super hot, Cody and Sammy. And you know, I think this is maybe the the third time that they've kind of been in the ring slash been sort of side by side it hasn't been much but it's been really good to kind of see them essentially support one another but yeah this is the the reactions they're getting from the crowd is just incredible and once again just kudos and and congratulations and flowers and everything to all these guys and and cody just you know slipping in there and and putting in that work too just all around fantastic Absolutely incredible. There's just nothing else to add. It's just so good. Like, I don't even know. It, it, it. This is what booking is meant to be. You know, this is how you. This like this isn't even over particular championship yet for Sami. This is just a story. This is a culmination of a story here, and there hasn't you know been there hasn't been uh, something that I've actually been looking forward to. Uh, out of the Roman Reigns camp for a while, everything has been made better by Jay, Jimmy, and Sammy for the bloodline. It has been. We've talked about it for a long time. That that's just made everything better. And this past week, no Roman. Again, no champion present. You know, all we did was what we saw was a little backstage segment of him threatening Jimmy. Then he went home. That could have been pre-recorded weeks ago. But all you see is these boys out in the ring promoting WrestleMania. 
come on. Really great work from these guys. Fantastic. Couldn't have said it better myself. We're looking at Roman Cody. We're looking at, I mean, there's nothing set in stone. I'm down to see a Sammy versus Jay. Whether we get that, whether we get a little bit more, maybe it's a different configuration. Either way, just the storylines are running hot. And hey, this is a decent example of if the booking's strong and you want to see this match, I want to see this match or, or something like that. So kudos, like you said, to everybody involved. And they're getting the fans interested. They're getting the reactions. They're getting their heat. Top-notch work. So good. All right, so thank you so much, Joker. Eloquently put, thank you for that quick hit and for sharing. If you have a quick hit from this week, let us know down in the comments section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know if you have a quick hit and enjoyed something from this week in the world of professional wrestling. All right, that about wraps it up for us, Joker. How was that for you, brother? That was fun. That was a little bit different, but I always like these kind of different takes on topics. You just get me to rant about stuff. That's all you ever want me to do is just rant about stuff I don't like. I, I love it, honestly. Whenever I'm frustrated with something, just having a bit of a rant about it um, is a lot of fun. And then you know, talking to yourself and we kind of work out how it would make me make me enjoy it more, make you enjoy it more. What would happen if we did X, Y, and Z? It's just a lot of fun to to to, to talk about uh, stuff that's actually interesting. I I think it, it's it's telling that we want to talk about this stuff because we want to make it interesting. Um, if we didn't want to talk about it, it's, you know, it's probably a bad thing, right? Um, there's a lot of stuff we don't talk about, and you can probably think about some of what it is, some of what it isn't. Um, but yeah, I just I, I thought it was really really good. Agreed. We sometimes tackle not the most controversial topics, but if there's something that could be improved, could be better, we try to just talk about, all right, here's what's good, here's what's bad, or here's what could need improvement, and here's our takeaways, you know, and then ultimately, like we said, we want, we want things to be better, we want better booking or, or these championships to improve. Like we said, we both really, really like a Samoa Joe. We like a Wardlow. We like a Hobbs. We've, we both agreed. Fantastic. We, that powerhouse Hob is getting a, a championship run. We both want to have him have a long run, be successful as a TNT champion, have a solid, have a solid run, make that belt strong and, and important. So yeah, like we said, we can always improve and we can always try to help offer thoughts where we feel like the booking or maybe some of the stories can help improve but like we said stories are what drive get us in and if you make it important and we're invested well you said it earlier on does the man make the title or the title make the man uh hobbs is going to be have to be a man that makes that title so that the next man can be made by the title for him then to make the title a little bit more prestigious that's how it works a man should make the title but whenever he passes that on, it should be as prestigious as possible for the other for the title to make that man a big deal. And then that man has to make that title worth something on his own. That is the way it should go. And hopefully that is the way it will go for Hobbs. Big things lie in store for that man. 
who knows in a few weeks we'll be talking about how amazing his reign is so far and how we haven't you know suffered from the sammy uh, Guevara syndrome or the wardlow woes and it's just going well for the man wonderful alliterations right there as with these championships and kind of like anything for ourselves or anything that you work on you want to leave it in a better place than when you had it so i feel like that's a wonderful sort of point to leave off of hopefully we can improve and and make things better than they already are so well said so four tf joker orange cassidy is the true champion and for me pretty tony we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day and remember be good to yourself be good to each other and we will catch you next time peace